happy new year everyone um i truly hope that we've entered the year you know on a, on a good fit um and that we are truly just looking forward to the year. If you are a New Year's resolutions person, well, I hope all of them come to pass. And I hope you are, like, disciplined enough, man, to, like, carry it through. It's possible. I don't think it's completely impossible. Um, So, all the best. Um, And if you are expectant, like, for anything, I hope it comes to pass, you know. Uh, I trust that... Our God knows our heart's desires and that he is in the business of fulfilling them. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, I hope we're good. I'm doing okay. Um, I really spent this holiday really truly by myself. It's a few few days in between that I've spent with people and honestly been looking forward to going back to work. And I'm excited to actually go back to work. Um. I've got like set goals um, as far as work is concerned and some extramural, I guess, activities that I want to add into into my life because I was just talking to a friend um, a few days ago and I was telling her how much I feel like I, I, I need some, you know, some sense of impact about Wombam, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how to explain it, but... Yeah, but okay, I'm kind of working on that now. Um, that you know they'll come to pass, but I'll share a little later on because <laughs> this podcast is truly not about that. But okay, guys, yeah, happy new year, and looking forward to really, truly just spending and sharing the rest of twenty twenty three together. And yeah, so why did I title this podcast a thing to shed? Because that's what I thought. That's what has been in my heart since last year. And it is the episode that I scratched out um, end of last year. Which is supposed to be the last. But I really could not like string together words um, fully to fully express what I wanted to say. But the title was already there. And kind of the context of what I wanted to share was there. But I just couldn't find the words. Um, but I tried my level best now. Because it just came into my heart a lot. Um, yeah, to kind of share it. And now I think I was able to kind of put words together. Um, so I titled it Gay Last Year, I think, to shed because um, the past two years, I think, consisted a lot with um, having to shed stuff um, from my childhood. It consisted a lot with the revisiting, I guess, so much of my childhood brokenness. Um, the parts of myself that now I see now in my thirties are kind of the little girl in me, the childhood childhood girl or little child in me kind of responding to something that, you know, my adult self should know better how to handle. Um I think it started well, it started early twenty twenty. That was a um there was a journey I took in twenty twenty. I think I shared it on the podcast as well. But um it started then, then there was kinda of like a pause and then it came back um a couple of months ago, um in twenty like twenty two. Uh I was just casually chatting um with a, a lady from church. We'll just call her Christina. <laughs> so I was chatting to Christina 
it was really such a casual conversation really had nothing to do with the epiphany i got mid-conversation with her but we're just chatting just um a stupid banter way to between two two people and i got such a huge epiphany a revelation that hit me in the moment whilst we were talking um because a few months prior this interaction that i had with her she had done something quite um irresponsible and she'll also um admit that it was irresponsible um and she did give me permission to share just that i won't uh, <laughs> i won't share her name um she had done something quite irresponsible and instead of being kind of cast away rejected because of this mistake people just generally rallied around her and supported her because she needed it um she was supported but not outside of being held responsible i guess for this intentional unintentional kind of error and knowing myself in that moment as she walked away um the epiphany hit me <laughs> yeah like a wave i remember but i was standing with my friend and i looked over at her and i said yo the holy spirit is just rebuking me on something right now i guess at the time i didn't have the right word for it because i don't think that was a rebuke but i that's the word i used with her like yo the holy spirit is like kind of rebuking me right now um but i guess now that i look at it it was just gently nudging me to see something that i guess for most of my life i had i had been missing and i remember my friend looking at me and saying it's always just so awkward when the holy spirit does that and you're like in the middle um of doing something or you are with people because you can't really take it in and i remember but i literally just felt tears well at my eyes but i was like go busy go and i can't really be crying about it um right now but it was an epiphany that you know i'm loved and i am surrounded i am covered even in my errors because i can imagine if i was that lady and i had done that mistake in my mind automatically i'm already expecting rejection from people you know what i mean because i made an error and it was a mistake and it was irresponsible so in my mind that would have quickly rung as rejection 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 um i got turned alone to and 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 you know and so it hit me and i wanted to weep because the holy spirit was just reminding me look at this lady she made this error but people didn't reject her you know which is what i always expect when i do something wrong so yo if i truly if i was not in front of people that day i would have wept because it was such a needed realization yokuba i am loved in my mistakes i am loved in my errors i am loved truly deeply in my imperfections people are waiting for me to make a mistake to reject me to cast me away you know what i mean so it was it was quite an epiphany i didn't weep at that moment but rest assured that night as i sat down to like journal that encounter because i always try to journal things like that as much as i possibly can so as i sat down to journal that encounter that night 
I cried um, some real tears. And here's the thing. I, I grew up having to fight for approval. You know, I grew up having to fight to fit in, to matter, or to feel like I mattered. Um, I fought, I fought within my peers, I fought within my family, my community, school, all of that, you know, I'd always just known myself to be at the bottom of the food chain of everything and every circle and every space and every room and just basically everywhere. You know, I, I went into rooms already expecting to be left out, you know, I already expecting to be rejected or be cast out or to be singled out or, you know. Yeah, just basically being like a loner. Nobody wants to be friends with you. Like I struggled making friends growing up. And I can never pinpoint to what it was. Honestly, I don't remember what it was. Because I've never felt ugly. That was, that was not never a thing that I felt that I'm ugly or ever. But I, there's nothing that I, I can pinpoint to say but people rejected me because you know I, I was they said I was ugly or I just I guess it was also in my demeanor I was quite kind of meek timid is the right word I was timid um guess cause and matile and imdanos matile you know or tuleyo so I don't know it was probably that but I was always like at the bottom of the food chain, you know, and I think rejection had kind of um, found its way inside my veins and it made a home, it made a home there. So I think to compensate for that, I tried to be good so that I could be loved. I thought I needed to be good to be loved and I, and I really, I crucified myself. I crucified myself whenever I felt rejected because it was me I'd done something wrong and again I felt I had to perform to regain that love I felt I needed to be good I needed to beg to beg I needed to grovel and to try to prove a point a point that says it's safe to love me I'm a good girl I'll do good and I'll retain your love by doing my absolute best to be good so please stay (laughs) please stay and love me you know, it was completely lost on me that I could be infinitely loved, completely loved with all my flaws. I could be loved unconditionally, loved even in moments I find myself wallowing in my imperfections. I am loved even in those moments, you know, that I didn't have to be good. I just had to be myself. I just had to be unande. And, you know, sail through in mistakes, not ever doubting that I, I, I'm i not loved, you know. And to do good, but without, with, without it being, I'll say a performance, without it being a performance, you're about, I'm good, so love me, you know. So to this day, just the thought, you know, just the thought of that revelation hitting me that day, still makes me so teary when I think about it because of how it had to take me all 30 years to learn of the love in my life that has existed for me even before I was born, a love that has pursued me whilst I was deep in sin and that is the unwavering love of Jesus. 
And because of that, Jesus has placed all of these people in my life who truly love me for who I am, who love me when I've made a mistake, who love me when I've done good, who love me when I'm imperfect, you know, who love me when I've done perfect, you know, they just generally love me because that's the kind of love that Christ has executed for me through these people and also just him loving me for me for who he created you know because their lovers already there even before I was a thought in my mom's head you know even before I was she could think of having me you know so yeah it 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 still makes me kind of emotional when I when I think about it and it's taken me so long to like actually share it <laughs> Because I think that was like sometime mid-2022, you know, when that happened. And it was literally like a couple of months after the fact that Epiphany happened with Christina. That again, I had to visit a certain kind of brokenness of my childhood as well. And this one hit me like a wave because I don't think I, I expected it to hit me like that. So, story time. <laughs> okay, joking, but yeah. So, this one day I walked in. I walked. Oh, English, guys. So, this one day, yeah, I walked into work. And I don't know what happened. I can't pinpoint bar when the canton. But I remember just stepping through the door. And everything inside of me shuddering. Yo, I shuddered. It was sudden. It was so unexpected. I shuddered from such a deep sense of inadequacy. You know, like that feeling, Eti, I can't do this. And those were actually the words that kept ringing inside of me and the words that just dragged me <laughs> through that entire week. Um, And it was so it was a feeling and words that I never dared to share with anyone. I didn't know how to. I think I think I didn't know how to because I didn't know but this pinpoint and don't in DT. I failed here or this happened here that made me feel that way. It was just so sudden that morning and I think the enemy was just out to attack me and to get me. Um, because it was so sudden and out of the blue kind of feeling because I woke up feeling pretty okay, you know, but the minute I stepped into work that's exactly how I felt. But as the days went, okay, it just became heavier and just heavier to carry. But I still didn't know like how to articulate it. And I knew, but I needed to like share it with someone. I needed to talk to someone about it. Not to seek out okay, affirmation or whatever. And maybe I needed it. But it was to just let it out. Let it be known that this is how I feel because it was too heavy i don't know how to describe it beyond that that it was just a very heavy feeling but get what was the breaking point of an of an already literally cracked glass was when i get i got a text from someone pointing out an error i had made relating to work and i felt horrible when this person texted me and i acknowledged the error on my part and thanked them for you know kind of highlighting it and I was you know I I felt some type of way about the error but I wasn't t- feeling too bad about it I guess and but what followed was a comment and very well meaning in nature okay but that comment kind of pointed out 
how it was such a very careless mistake that didn't have to happen which it was and she was right <laughs> it was and she was right it was a careless mistake she didn't have happened um but at that moment i think ufike fragile you know it was it came at a at a point i guess i'll say it was just rubbing salt on the already deeply fragile wound you know what i mean I get it was waterworks. I broke down totally, completely, just webbed like a mad woman. I cried and I was in my room just crying, you know, and it was very overwhelming, I think. So I picked up my phone, called my spiritual mama, and I just wept on the phone. <laughs> and I remember, but she went quiet she was asking me what's wrong and then i was like i'm not okay then she was like what's up and then i started weeping and she went quiet and just listened to my cries on the phone and she actually waited for me to finish because somehow i could not for the life of me string the words together to articulate the war that was going on inside of me um so she kind of waited on the phone and eventually, gay, I calmed down and I told her how I'd been feeling and the stakes that was like the last tiny drop on an already full glass of water that caused the water to just spill over. And guess what? She took me to my childhood. Child, what? <laughs> Again? <laughs> she took me to my childhood and, you know, she was literally spot on because she does also know me that well. But um, what settled me in the whole conversation, because we had like a pretty long conversation about about it, but what settled it was when she said to me that I should check how I receive correction. Does it feel like when I'm corrected, the person is saying I'm useless? She literally didn't have to go any further than that. Um, that was exactly what it was. I realized it the minute she said it and admittedly said it as well to her. Um, my mistakes were, I think my mistakes were highlighted so much growing up that, um, there was, there was very little complimenting if it ever was there, you know, but my mistakes were highlighted. My errors were highlighted. My shortcomings were always highlighted. They were always in my face on a daily basis. Um, so I didn't know, like I literally t didn't know or I, yeah, didn't know or couldn't comprehend what correction that comes with love feels like or is supposed to even sound like. And I needed to learn. I think immediately after that phone call, I was like, okay, correction is going to come. People are going to correct me. But I never reject correction, but it would make me feel less than or inadequate or that I'm not doing enough but there was never I've never been that I've never been defensive when it comes to correction but I, I would always get that feeling of inadequacy whenever someone would correct me I'd acknowledge it but I always feel that feeling of inadequacy like I would drop inside when someone corrects me and so this is exactly what happened um so I needed to learn you know so I I picked up that little girl and I told her, sweetie, it happened. And the people that look like they're hurting you and correcting you, that is not their fault. That you receive it like that, but you can heal and get 
better. So it was a saving grace, I guess, to 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 a certain degree. And this journey of of healing my inner child, I think, like I said earlier on, but it started beginning twenty twenty, and I thought I thought I was good. I thought I was okay. I thought you know the little girl inside of me was good. And I guess I rushed the process or I wanted it to, to end quickly because I think it's not a it's not a nice process for me because I have to revisit a lot of everything, you know, that has contributed to the brokenness and revisiting that is not always nice. You know, it's really not always nice. But yeah, yeah, I think with each strike now, with with each strike now that kind of takes me to my childhood brokenness, I'm learning it's a journey because that little girl has not had an outlet, has not had an, like an outlet during that time and straight to her adult life. And I'm thankful for truly that's just the patience of the Holy Spirit who doesn't leave me out to play puddles in the mud of my brokenness. You know, he allows me space to heal he allows me space to see the little girl that needs to heal and he points her out and he gently nudges her that it can be okay and actually it will be okay you know so i'm really grateful for that because the the truth of the matter is i'm i am a perfectionist to a fault and i'm extremely hard on myself and i never want to make a mistake and I've hated admitting that. Like, I hate admitting that I'm a perfectionist because I'm always like, no, I'm not a perfectionist, you know. But the truth of the matter is that um, I am. I am, <laughs> you know. I think it's I think it's also interwoven into my personality, but also okay, was kind of tainted by that strife and that fight that I had to do growing up, Um that little girl that needed to be good enough for the people around her. Um, and sometimes trying to be good enough even for people who didn't need that from me, um, people who just needed me to be me. And I'm gradually learning that it's a journey that I'm on. It's a journey to heal, to realize the epiphanies are a journey, the revelations are a journey. And I can never fully say I've arrived. I can never because I thought I arrived in 2020 and I was like, yeah, in a girl, she's healed, she's doing okay. And then these two instances in my life that brought me back to that little girl, you know. And I can't say that I'm pleased with that reality that I have to take a walk with this little girl. Um, but it is what it is and it's the one thing that I can't do jack about, you know. But to just really allow it and intentionally so, allow it intentionally so, so... Yeah, basically going into 2023, I echo the words of one wise woman who said to me when I turned 30 that 30 is a defining age. I didn't get it then because I thought it was under one umbrella, which is career-wise. And yeah, yeah. So I never did think that um, the defining would come in the form of seeing little Nande in 30-year-old Nande and needing to take her hand and allow her full space to heal so that adult Nande can be more of a wholesome, healthy adult woman. <laughs> so I am grateful for these nudges, for this defining. Again, I'll say it, 
God is good. I will never stop saying that. Okay, like if I say it on every other podcast that I post, like God is good, deal with it. He is good. <laughs> Truly, he is. Um. So, yeah, I also wanted to share, let me, I guess I'll end with um this quote by Brene Brown that summarized, for me, all that I needed from her book, which is um the book, The Gifts of Imperfections. Um, she writes in the book, um, being imperfect doesn't mean being inadequate and that's exactly what I needed to hear and I'm working on it because I think inadequacy has defined my life a lot and so it's not it's not an easy thing to shed but it is something to shed rejection is not an easy thing to shed but it is something to be shed um shed get as in s-h-e-d shedding (laughs) shedding yes and i am really truly determined to shed every last bit of it from my life honestly um i think it's time um i think it's time for growth i think it's time for wholesomeness i think it's time for completion um not perfection completion i think it's time to be wholesome to be a wholesome adult and um yeah to be healthy mentally yeah i think so i think these are things that i need to let go of in my life now and so yeah man like i am adequate i am capable i am smart i am intelligent i am whole but most importantly i am loved i am loved fully i am loved completely and i am loved in and out of season i am loved in goodness and i am loved in my mistakes and i am loved by my heavenly father and for that i am grateful thank you so much